Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. I'm so glad that you are joining us for the Friday broadcast. Another week is finishing up, and I want to remind you this weekend to go and worship the Lord with other believers at your local church. And if you don't have a church family, why don't you come on down to Hickory Ridge Community Church? We would love to see you at 9 o'clock or the 1045 service. And just as last weekend, we had a lady join us, and she told me, she listened where I said, you know, we're within 45 minutes of everyone who lives in Southampton Roads. So if you live on the south side, no matter where you live, you can get to Hickory Ridge Community Church in about 45 minutes or less. So why don't you make the drive on down to the Hickory section of Chesapeake and come on and worship with us. Just go in the big double glass doors and say, welcome home. And our greeters will be there. Uh, they'll make you feel right at home. They'll show you where you need to go. If you have children, they'll show you how to check in your children and where your children will be. They'll show you where the worship center is. They'll show you everything you need to know. Grab a cup of coffee and come and worship with us this Sunday, okay? Well, today, as we finish up the week of broadcast, we've been the last three days talking about prayer. And today I want to talk about the focus of prayer. We've been looking at the same passage of Scripture in Matthew, and we're going to look at it again today in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. So let me read this text to you, and then we'll talk about the focus of prayer. Whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your private room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things that you need even before you ask. So so here's the first point. Jesus said, don't focus on the words you pray, but focus on the one to whom you pray. Now, this is not new in the New Testament. Even in the Old Testament, in 2 Chronicles, we learn that the believer in the Lord your God, he is the one that has established you. You believe in him, you believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. So, as we pray, Don't get hung up on the words, right? It is so easy for us to try to be very precise and very articulate in how we pray, and we can lose focus on the one to whom we are praying. So just get in your mind, I am praying to the God of the universe, who is so big that he creates all things and he sustains all things, but yet he is concerned about me, little old me and my problems, and my issues. And so I focus on the fact, yes, he is big. He can provide all that I need, but yet he is wanting to have a relationship with me. And if I'm going to be praying this way, there should be some perseverance. Oswald Chambers said, perseverance is more than just endurance. It is endurance combined with absolute assurance and certainty that what we are looking for is going to happen. I remember when my wife was giving birth to our very first child. We have five children, 
And uh, we love all five of them. And they're just, uh, we're so blessed. We're at that stage in life now where our children are all grown. And uh, my youngest is uh, 23 years old. My oldest is 31 years old. And two of my children are married. And they're starting to bless us with grandchildren. So we have two grandchildren and, and a third one on the way. But I remember when my oldest child was born and spending 36 hours in labor and delivery. Man, uh, it was the longest day and a half of my life. And just going through that time, I remember what kept us going. What kept us going is that we knew we were going to have a baby. We knew that we had to have the endurance to go through that. uh, And we had that ability to endure that because we had the assurance that we were going to have a baby. And everything from what the doctors told us looked good and the baby was going to be healthy and strong. And so we were able to endure. Uh, Now, my wife had to endure more of the pain than I did. I I was just there to witness it and to be there to give her sympathy. And as she went through that time, uh, we kept thinking about, okay, we're going to have a beautiful baby boy, and we are so thankful that it looks like he's healthy and strong. And, And sure enough, finally, Tyler was born. And that's what kept us going. It was the end goal in mind. You know, truly successful people are constantly thinking about the end. As a matter of fact, somebody once said, those who have done most on this life have always been those who thought most of the life to come. If you want to accomplish great things in your life, you must be focused on the end goal. So as we pray, the psalmist said, I sought the Lord. He answered me, and he delivered me from all of my prayers. So focus on the one in whom you are praying to. Now, I want to share with you Colossians chapter 1, where Paul gives some explanation about how he prayed. Colossians 1, verse number 9 and following. For this reason, Since the day we heard about you, we haven't stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of His will through our wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So Paul is reminding them what Christ has done for us because of what Christ has done for us. Since the day we heard about you and your conversion to Christ, we have continued to pray for you. And we're asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So as I'm praying with persistence, I'm praying knowing that the more persistent I pray, the more I'm going to be filled with the knowledge of His will through the understanding that the Spirit gives us, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So here we discover that Paul is talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in praying. So I'm going to be focusing on God the Father. I'm going to be focusing on the Spirit. I'm going to be focusing on what Christ has done for me. And as I do this, I begin to bear fruit in every good work. Now, part of that bearing of the fruit involves growing in the knowledge of God. The more I know about God, verse number 11, the more I'll be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might 
so that we might have great endurance and patience. Now, here Paul is reminding the believers at Colossae that they will have great strength to have great power as they're praying in the Spirit. The Spirit begins to infuse them as you grow in more of the knowledge of God. And what is the benefit? You have great endurance. Listen, you can't be a great Christian if you don't have great endurance and great patience. Now, that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. But the more you know about the determination that God has in revealing His will to you, the more you will be a person of endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father. Now, he adds that in there. Now, that seems a little bit out of context here, Paul. We're talking about endurance and strength. There's something else that we receive as we persistently pray. Oh, yeah, we're to pray with joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the divinity of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Wow, what a mouthful. Now, prayer is one of the most important, yet also one of the most difficult practices of the Christian life. As humans, speaking to an omniscient, holy God of the universe, we often struggle to know how and and to know what to pray. Sometimes we start off with really good intentions, right? We'll pray a prayer like, Lord, please keep me healthy. Lord, please provide for me. But if we shift the focus from our lives, from glorifying God to pleasing ourselves, our intentions become tainted. And our prayers start to sound more selfish. Like, please don't let me feel anything bad in my life. Or we pray, please give me the material things that I want. We have to be very cautious about the aim of our prayer, the focus of our prayer. We pray what we live for because we live what we pray for. Let me repeat that. We have to be very cautious about the aim of our prayers because we pray what we live because we live what we pray. So how can we pray prayers that will glorify God and please Him? I mean, how can we know that we are praying what He loves to hear and what He promises to answer? We can start there with Colossians 1, 9 through 4, and we can pray the four prayers that Paul prayed for for the Colossian believers. And these prayers demonstrate the pure heart and the right spirit that we have before God. The first prayer is found right there in verse number 9 of Colossians chapter 1. And Paul prays, Lord, lead me. So he asks the church in Colossae that it would be filled and to be controlled by the knowledge of God, not just so that they can be filled with knowledge, but they can take this knowledge and use it as the Lord leads them. And as we look at this, we discover that part of that leading means that we're going to be leading in such a way that we are following the knowledge of the Lord. We are growing. So he prays, first of all, 
verse number nine, lead me and guide me, right? Lead me, Lord, as I'm going through life. And then he says, grow me. Now, by requesting that the church use that right knowledge of God to demonstrate right living for God, Paul's desires is that the Colossians undergo sanctification and they grow. Now, growing things produce something. They're going to bear fruit from the good works in their lives. Verses 11 and 12, Paul makes this petition. Strengthen me, Lord, hoping that the believers will tap into God's strength continuously, which will give them that endurance that they need to last, to last through trials, and to have the patience they need to show love to difficult people. Isn't that amazing? Part of the growing factor is that I can be patient and loving toward difficult people. It seems to me that God often brings extra grace required people into our lives for the purpose of growing us, growing us to be conformed to his image. And then Paul closes off the prayer by declaring, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for all these things that you have done for your people. You've given them this amazing inheritance. You've delivered us from sin. You've adopted us into the family. You redeemed us from sin and the consequences of sin. So Paul shares these four prayers with the Colossians because he knew that God wanted to hear them and he wanted to lift them up and he wanted them to have this ability to be growing in their faith. Now, this is true today. These are the prayers that God loves to hear from our lips as well. We should pray them faithfully in order to glorify Him through our practice of prayer. So, Jesus has two points about prayer. Number one, we pray to our Father in heaven. Our focus is on the one to whom we pray. And then secondly, going back to what Jesus said about prayer, Jesus gave us permission to focus on our needs with simplicity and humility. So let me ask you a question. Is God glorified when my prayers are answered? Yes. Am I more like Jesus when my prayers are answered? Yes. Am I more filled with the Holy Spirit when my prayers are answered? Yes. Am I more guided by the Word when my prayers are answered? Yes. You know, there's a lot of pressure regarding prayer. Pressure to use the right words from the right heart for the right amount of time and with the right desires. Where does that pressure come from? It could be self. could be our worries. It could be what we think or what others think. Or it could be from Satan himself. By accusing us in our heads and telling us that we're not qualified or that God is not listening, he would love to render us ineffective, discouraged, doubtful, and distracted in our prayers. We obviously pray with an imperfect faith. But we can pray with utter boldness because 
of what Christ has done for us to deal with our sin and to deal with our inadequacies. We pray in his name and through his righteousness, not our own. The Holy Spirit and our risen Savior both intercede for us to the Father. These are great truths that really should embolden our faith. You know, Martin Luther is remembered for many things. He wrote those 95 theses, and that was the launch of the Protestant Reformation. And he's also remembered for his thoughts on daily prayer. And perhaps he was the most prolific author of prayers. He is quoted as stating that in seasons of busyness, he would rise and spend the first three hours of his day in prayer. Without that time spent in prayer, he simply could not have functioned in the capacity needed. His own confession was his desire and his dire need for prayer. Now, many of us might feel a shortage of time concerning prayer. I mean, considering all the things that we have to do, time may be the only completely equitable guarantee that we have. While the number of our days that we are given varies, the hours within each day is exactly the same. Each of us have 24 hours a day. Each of us have 168 hours in a week. Now, it's what we do with these hours that matter. Some may feel a lack of ability regarding prayer. Jesus, in his model prayer, sought to remove unnecessary anxiety that we may have regarding the manner in which we pray. And so, as we begin to launch a prayer, Jesus says, when you pray, don't babble like the idolaters do. In other words, don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Don't you get bored when you always hear the same phrases from the same people over and over again? As a matter of fact, as I begin to get older, one of the things I've told my elders, I said, now, if I get to the point where my sermons are repeating themselves over and over and over again, would you do me the favor and pull me out of the pulpit and get somebody else to take my place? Because I don't want to be a babbler when it comes to sermons, and I don't think people appreciate the babbling sermons, right? The same sermon over and over and over and over again. And so I made a commitment when I started Hickory Ridge Community Church that I would never preach the same sermon twice. Now, we do multiple services, so obviously I preach the same sermon, but as far as each Sunday, I'm going to be preaching a new sermon every single Sunday. I'm not going to give the congregation leftovers, right? Uh, So I'm always giving new materials, and sometimes I repeat some of the same things, but the sermon itself is always a different sermon. I think that Jesus had that in mind when it comes to this matter of praying, right? Don't babble over and over again. Perhaps the most important part of prayer is how we view and how we address God. We come before Him, and we're not going to babble on doing the same thing over and over again, but we're going to come to Him with thanksgiving on our heart. We're going to be creative in how we pray to Him. So when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, for example, you know, just before He went to the cross, it says that He humbled Himself, and He prayed a very simple, but yet extremely profound prayer. He bowed down, and He got right to the point. We should keep this in mind. You know, God knows us better than we know ourselves. 
He already knows our weaknesses. He knows our sins, and, and he knows our every need. We can pray with childlike simplicity, without any hesitation, without any pretense, surrendering to God all that we have and, and all that is great and all that is small. It's a beautiful and a necessary act of worship. When you pray, trust that God is good, that God is present, that He's able to help us, and, and you will more freely approach Him like childlike faith. Jesus humbled Himself and gave a very simple prayer. Lord, if it be passable, if it's within your will, let this cup pass from me. Yet, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You know, I pray that prayer often. Lord, not my will be done, but yours be done. Whatever that will may be, Lord, your will be done. You know, as we look at the model prayer or the disciples' prayer, we are reminded how to pray by approaching God in worship first and then being open and honest to Him about our needs. It is very appropriate to enter into His presence down on our knees, praying before Him, aligning our hearts with His heart, acknowledging our inadequacy and acknowledging that He is sufficient, casting our care upon Him because He cares for us. You know, humility in prayer not only invites His grace, but it puts us in the right mindset to rest in Him and to get up and approach life with the reality that we don't have it all together and we don't have to because He is with us. Throughout my life, prayer has been a major component, but it's only within the last few years that I have really tapped into the power of prayer. And I've really understood that prayer is nothing more than my conversation with God. It's me pouring my heart out to Him. Oh, He already knows my heart. He already knows my inadequacies. But He loves to have conversation with me. You know, whenever you go through a hard time, and, and the hard times are going to come. As you go through difficult times, don't you love to have people that you love around you, supporting you? encouraging you. I mean, people that you know so well that you don't have to be fake in their presence. You can just be the real you. And they know that sometimes you say things that that really don't mean, but it's coming out of a broken heart. It's coming out of a heart that is hurting. The same is true in the presence of God. As we come before Him and our hearts are broken, He loves to hear our prayers. And, And sometimes we don't say things exactly how we mean them, but we just pour our heart out to Him. You know, the Bible says that God takes our prayers and he puts them in the tears that we pray and he puts them and he sets them aside. As I think about that, it's so wonderful to know that we have a God who understands all the pain that we go through. He understands all the difficulties that we have. You know, when you go to God alone and and you pray and, and you ask him to be glorified and you ask him to reveal his power to you, You're praying your kingdom comes. You're asking that to rule in your heart. Well, maybe right now, your life has gone sideways and and you've had some unexpected things happen. Even though we're in the early part of 2024, already some things have set you back. Already there's been some disappointments in your life. I'd like to pray for you. Would you shoot me a text message at 252-267-2365? 
and I'll be glad to pray for you. Maybe today you need a job, and maybe you love children, and and you're looking for an opportunity to, to begin a job. We'd love to have you come and work with us at Hickory Ridge Academy. And uh, we would give you the opportunity to excel, give you the opportunity to be investing in the lives of children and and young children. And so give me a call at the church if you're interested in a position with the Academy at 757-421-7500. You can ask for Jeannie, you can ask for Sherry, or you can ask uh, for Caitlin. And they'll be happy to interview you, to explain to you the positions that are available. We would love to have you on our team because as we look at the opportunities placed before us, young children need to hear God's word. Some of these children, the only Jesus they know is going to be taught to them through the time that we have them. So give me a call at the church office, 757-421-7500. If I can pray specifically for you, you are welcome to shoot me a text message. 252-267-2365. And it is Friday. I'd love to see you in worship this Sunday at 9 or 1045. Hickory Ridge Community Church is in the Hickory section of Chesapeake, Virginia, 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South. Come down and see us this weekend. I would love to see you on Sunday. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.